Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. So I want to talk about a big, weird word that is a problem that nearly everyone struggles with. And I didn't learn this word until, wow, I mean, after I graduated college. But I'm excited because some of what we're doing with the Tuttle Twins, we're actually going to start teaching a lot more kids about this idea. Uh, and that is the topic of logical fallacies. And and it's kind of a like a, yeah, it's like a weird word. Like, what does it mean, logical? What does it mean, fallacy? But like in a nutshell, a logical fallacy is a bad way of thinking. It's when someone makes an incorrect argument and they're doing it in a way that's problematic. And so I think for people like you and me and a lot of our listeners, we want to get at what is the truth. We, we want to understand, you know, the way the world works, as yeah. we're talking about on this mm-hmm. podcast. And, and we want to communicate that with people. Like, I know, Brittany, when you learn something, you want to share it, right? You want to write an article. You want to tell your friends. You want to post on social media. We love sharing the things that we know. We love trying to persuade other people to believe what we do. And it's so, exhausting, but it's fun. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not for everyone, but it's for people like us. And, uh, and so I think it's important for us to make sure that when we communicate with someone, we communicate very clearly. Uh, and we also communicate accurately. We don't want to be, uh, you know, deceptive. Uh, we don't want to mislead people. We don't want to have bad thinking in our own mind that prevents us from making good arguments. And so, uh, Brittany, help me understand from your perspective, what is the problem with using logical fallacies? Why should our listeners care about this topic? Yeah, well, it's not. We talked about like searching for truth, right? The logical fallacy is not going to help you get to truth. And I think that's the scariest part. And it's probably going to make you even more confused than you were before. So it's kind of like a like a twisting of words, right? You can make things seem like they're one thing, but in our quest for truth, especially since we can't really trust the media anymore, we certainly can't trust politicians. It's really important for us to learn how to see through these, maybe detect them so that we don't fall for them ourselves. But I think it's equally as important to make sure that we're not doing them ourselves. Because I know that, like you said, when I get really excited about an idea, I want to share it with somebody. And sometimes I want them to agree with me no matter what. And I I don't use the right tools to persuade them. So I think we're all guilty of using logical fallacies sometimes. So it's important for us to also not use them and to watch out for when they're being used. I think that's exactly right. And and like with most things, I think this especially is... Uh, a topic where specific examples are going to help. Um, and so it's one thing for you and I to talk about logical fallacies. I think some some actual examples are going to help our listeners, especially the kids, understand what we mean uh, when we're talking about logical fallacies. Now, there are a whole lot of different logical fallacies. There's actually a fun website we'll post on the show notes, uh, which you can find at tuttletwins.com slash podcast. And uh, where they 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 list you know the more popular ones uh, and they break them down and they give some examples and so we're going to share a few examples today just so that everyone can be on the same page and understanding what we're talking about. Uh, one of the ones that I uh, like to talk about, um, and you know that's always hard to do because there's so many uh, fun different ones that we can talk about, is uh, the the straw man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've you know been around the block a little while where. Uh, on social media will be in a discussion with uh, different people and uh, that discussion is maybe turning into a debate. <laughs> and As that happens, sides, yep. <laughs> yeah, it happens from time to time. 
and the different sides are trying to make their arguments. And so um, if you think about a, a literal straw man, kind of like burning someone in effigy, right? Like a, like a little straw statue. And so, huh, this, this straw man now looks like Connor and I'm going to burn it. Um, that's kind of the concept here where let's uh, say that I'm debating someone about, um, oh, I don't know, what's an example? Let's say I think Apple computers are awesome and uh, Brittany, you think that they're awful and you think uh, Bill Gates you know, is our uh, Lord and Savior and Microsoft Windows is the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> For we're the having... record, I don't think this, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> For purposes of our example. So we're talking about Apple versus Windows and we're having a heated discussion. Well, you might say, oh, well, Connor, um, I know that you, know, you actually don't really like Apple. You just wanted to impress someone else and and so you make these arguments, but that's not really true. What you're doing with a silly example like that is you're attacking an argument that I haven't actually made. I, I haven't ever said that, I don't believe it, but you're pretending as if that is my argument. And because you were able to go attack that argument and show how silly it is, that suddenly I'm wrong, that suddenly Apple computers must be horrible. Now this is kind of a dumb example, but the point is, you know, in this case, you are attacking um, a position that I don't hold. We see this so often, especially when you're talking about, you know, heated issues. I mean, I could be talking about immigration and I think that, um, you know, there should be open borders. Anyone should be able to come and go where they want. And then I'm debating someone who believes the opposite and they will, you know, talk about how, oh, the crime rate increases, you know, when you don't have borders and because cr the crime rate increases, uh, more people are going to get killed. Therefore, that position is wrong. And I'm like, well, whoa, hang on. You're you're attacking an argument that I haven't actually made or that's an incomplete argument. Um, you need to listen to what I'm actually saying and what my arguments are if we're going to have a reasonable, logical discussion. And, and so you need to take someone head on. You need to listen to what they are actually saying rather than coming up with your own arguments and then torching it like a straw man and burning it to the ground and feeling good about yourself. Ha ha, I'm the winner in this <laughs> you know, debate. Um, you may feel good, uh, but you haven't actually vanquished your debate opponent. You've just burned a straw man kind of fictional representation of them, but you haven't actually addressed the issue. So the, the takeaway for me when I think about the straw man is it's very important to listen to what the person is actually saying. So often I think we try and project ourselves, right? We, we hear what we want to hear. We hear what we think someone else is saying rather than actually fairly listening to what they are saying and then dealing uh, head on with that. It's like, you know, when people are talking, we're just kind of, you know, waiting in our minds for them to stop talking so we can get out our rebuttal without even actually listening to what they're saying. We're just kind of like zoning out, waiting for them to stop blabbing before we talk. So I think that's a good takeaway for all communication, especially parents and adults, is that we're listening to both sides. We're trying to make sure we understand the other person's point and then we're responding to it. Which is not easy. I mean, sometimes when we get heated or we get really passionate about something, I know that I have probably made a fool out of myself in debates before because I, I can't really control that. I'm like, no, I want to I wanna get my point across. But like you said, it's not the right argument. It doesn't help anybody. So sure. it's a good points. One of my, I don't want to say favorites, but the ad hominem uh, fallacy or I've heard ad hominem attacks, I think sometimes too is when instead of touching on somebody's you know, personal beliefs, you actually touch on a, or you instead of touching on something they believe, you touch on a personal attribute. So let's go back to the Apple versus Microsoft. Let's say you're running for office, which I don't think you'll ever do, but let's say you're running for president. And my only argument against you is that you don't like Microsoft, so you're unfit to be president. 
Now, that's something silly that you can probably recognize that, but people do that all the time. Like how many times do you hear people use something personal, you know, like, oh, this person does this or this person likes this or even this person, you know, with Elizabeth Warren, who I don't like, but you even heard like, oh, she thinks she's Native American. She shouldn't be commenting on this, this or that. And even though that is pretty silly, silly things like that or commenting on people's personal appearance, something like that, that's not going to help you make your argument. So that's always one that I try to watch out for because I have been guilty of doing that myself. And that's especially hard when you get really heated and like passionate, right? You're like wanting to debate the other person. And, and that's the problem with these logical fallacies is that you get kind of sloppy, right? Like you, you look for the short, yep. yeah, you look for these shortcuts to try and like just beat the other person, but then it becomes more about like a competition to see who wins and not actually this like lasting, uh, meeting of the minds, right? This lasting persuasion, uh, to help another person actually come to your point of view and and believe it over the long term. It's just, aha, now I look good in that Facebook debate or on Instagram. <laughs> or whatever. And that's a very egocentric thing. Your your ego is kind of what you think about yourself and how you perceive yourself. And so if you're in these debates just to look better than the other person, you're not actually changing the world. You're not changing their mind. And you kind of look like a jerk. Right? <laughs> and so I, think, I think it's important for us to, to speak very clearly. Another one that comes to, to my mind before I throw it back to you for another is the slippery slope. Um, and I remember uh, having this, people do this to me all the time, use this logical fallacy against me, um, especially when we were working in our state on legalizing uh, medical cannabis or as it's otherwise known marijuana and there's a lot of people who have strong feelings about this but we felt like you know this here's this god-given plant that can actually help people's lives how silly it is that the government you know threatens people or fines them or throws them in jail if this plant can help them in a way that no other medication can why shouldn't they have the freedom to responsibly use this and so we did a whole campaign uh, set about to change the law. It was a multi-year endeavor. And I can't tell you the number of instances in which people would use the slippery slope argument as a way to oppose what we were doing. We had scientific examples. We had personal stories. We had you know, all this information that we would provide to the public. And yet what we would often get from our opponents was the slippery slope. Specifically, the way that would look is they would say, well, if we legalize medical cannabis, then pretty soon recreational cannabis is going to be legalized or pretty soon kids are going to get even more access to it and they're going to be stoned all the time and they're not going to get jobs and it'll be bad for our economy. And so this slippery slope is, you know, if X happens, then Y surely is going to happen. It, it's, it's not even focusing on the actual thing. It's predicting or attempting to even prophesy what would happen if we allow this. Therefore, we can't allow this. I, I'm not going to debate you, Connor, on the merits of medical cannabis. All I know is that if we do this, then all these other bad things are going to happen. It's a way to totally avoid the discussion about the actual issue by pointing to things that no one even knows if they're going to be true or not. It's just a way to make people scared. It's a way to, to make them worried about what would happen if in this case, if medical cannabis were legalized. And so people end up uh, making their decisions about something based on something they don't know, based on a, a, a fictional future that may or may not come to pass. But it's very uh, powerful when people use the slippery slope because it speaks to people's fears, right? Like, oh, well, I, I don't want, you know, um, I don't want that to happen because then what if the next thing happens, right? Like I, I know a lot of people feel very passionately about 
uh, same-sex marriage. And some of the arguments against same-sex marriage used the slippery slope. It was, oh, but if we do that, then there's going to be polygamy and then cats and dogs and, and, then, and then and then and then. And and whatever your position is on medical cannabis or same-sex marriage or anything else, again, the point here is that you don't want to use a slippery slope argument because it's not effective. It's not clear thinking. It's not clear communication. You have to address the actual issue rather than try and, you know, be a prophet and foretell what is going to happen, you know, if that happens. Because look, there's all these false prophets out there who always make these doom and gloom predictions that never come true. So it ends up being an ineffective way to persuade someone else or to make your point if you shift your attention from the actual issue to these, you know, secondary issues that might or might not uh, follow afterwards. Yeah, that reminds me of another one that's, I, I hate saying my favorite, but one that that I think is important because we see it everywhere today. So false dilemma. And that makes you think or make the arguer tries to make you think that you only have two options. It ignores the fact that there are almost infinite options. So for example, the mask thing is a big debate in the era of COVID. And so we hear all, a lot of times like, you know, either you wear a mask or you must want people to die. And that sounds outrageous, but that is how people make you think. And they make you think that there is no other option, that maybe you don't wear a mask because you have a medical condition. Maybe you don't want to wear a mask because you have looked at the science and you don't necessarily believe that it's going to protect you as much as some people believe. So there are a plethora of reasons. There are a lot of reasons why you might not want to wear a mask. But the false dilemma is like black and white thinking, right? It makes you think that there's only two options, there's nothing else. And so that limits everybody's like views and you're not able to see that there are so many different things that it could be. And that one I think is important again, because we see that so much now where we're very polarized. So you either, you know, you're with us or you're against us. And and that's that, that's happening, especially with a lot of this coronavirus stuff. You know, if you want the economy to open, you must not want, you know, care about people's health. So that's one to watch out for. Again, that we also are guilty of using ourselves. So both, you know, be alert for it and be alert when you're using it. That's exactly right. There are so many others that we could review, but for lack of time, we will instead point you to the show notes page, tuttletwins.com slash podcast. Go check out the list. The, the website we've linked there is actually kind of handy to give some examples. Um, and as I said, we're working on some fun Tuttle Twins content uh, that's going to help as well. Uh, and so be sure to be checking out our social media for updates on that. Uh, and as always, make sure you're subscribed to the show. We are very grateful uh, to you and your family for listening and hoping to get even more families to as well. So make sure you're sharing online that you are a listener of the show and point to other people to where they and, and their kids or parents can be listening as well. Until next time, Brittany, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.